about a hand clap of
then I hear the prayer. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Renee Warren, who's down here, Renee, just raise your hand.
This is my first time back in the pulpit in a couple of Sundays, and so, but, so we need to refresh a few things. Uh, but I will first want to thank Minister Lloyd for that powerful sermon that he preached last Sunday. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. It's good to sit down in the pews and get fed. I really had a chance to do that, but last Sunday was off the charts, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I thank you, Minister Lloyd, for that sermon. Now, as most of you know, we are working our way through the entire Gospel of John uh, in a long sermon series. We currently find ourselves in the 11th chapter where we are engaged in a mini-sermon series on this chapter because of its great spiritual value to us. It's a six-part sermon series, and we've already finished two of them. Uh, the first one was in verses 1 to 8, we became acquainted with Jesus' compassion for his family. And the second one included verses 9 to 16, and we learned about Jesus' compassion for the dead. Today, we begin the third part three, where we will learn Jesus' compassion for the world. And the many sermon title is Jesus' Compassion. And as we know, there is so much confusion in our world today, but there's also some comfort that goes along with that confusion. But the question is, how do we find a happy medium between the two? Consider this. There are tragedies that occur in countries throughout the world on a daily basis where people have lost their lives by earthquakes and floods and etc. And other countries send comfort to these countries by the ways of the Red Cross and other agencies that help them. But there's always a confusion part of these tragedies, such as, why did it happen at all? We can say that about anything, anything that comes in our life that we don't like, because, well, why did this happen to me? And it is the same when it happens within the families of the world, and in our families, too. Some of our own families will say, where was Jesus' compassion when these tragedies happened in my home and in my community? Where was Jesus at then, Pastor? Tell me, where was he then? When I needed him, where was he? Well, today I want to answer that question for the world and also for some of us. So I want to talk to you today using the title of the Compassion of Jesus for the World, Part 3. The Compassion of Jesus for the World, Part 3. The text will be the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 17 to 27. The Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 17 to 27. The first verse we 
first, the verses 17 to 24, we will look at the confident confusion of our world and some of us. And in verses 25 to 27, we will look at the compassion of Jesus for the world and for us. I'm going to ask the minister Lord if he will come at this time and read our text for the day. While he's coming, I would ask that you would turn off all your cell phones or anything else that might disturb the word. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 17, to the 27, when you have it, please stand on your feet with your arms, for the Lord of God. Do you want to have a phone call? Amen. I will read them to your hearing. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been buried four days before. Bethany was less than two miles away from Jerusalem, and many Judeans had come to see Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother's death. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask for. Your brother will rise to life, Jesus told her. I know she replied that he will rise to life on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die, and those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she answered. I do believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has, who has come into the world. Amen. Amen. You may be Eternal God, our Father, we ask, O God, that you would Presence, your presence would be noticed here today. We ask, O Lord, that we would open our hearts and minds that we might be receptive to the Holy Scriptures today. We ask, O Lord, that you would speak to us, speak to our hearts and our souls and our minds, O God, and help us to understand and let us know that you can be trusted. So, Lord, I release myself into your hands that you might have your way with me. It is in the blessed name of Jesus that I say thank you and amen. Now, in our world today, people for the most part are either living in the comfort of their situation or are being comforted by someone or something. In other words, they are in a comfort zone. I think we all realize what it means to be in our comfort zone. Or they are living in a state of confusion or simply going through the motions of living out their ordinary lives or they are outside of the comfort zone. Amen. Most people, for the most part, do not want to get out of their comfort zone. 
because they're afraid of what is outside of the comfort zone. Then there are people who are living outside of the comfort zone, who are going through some issues of life. Then you have those who are just kind of just kind of go along living an ordinary life. Let me say this: God never meant for us just to live an ordinary life. The same God that gave us breath in our bodies, that watches over us, expects us to do something. I didn't give you your health and strength for you to lay around in your comfort zone and do nothing for your whole life. I expect you to get up and do something. I suspect that most people would like to find that happy medium between those two zones. Oh, that old mobile post, you know, airborne, there's a, there's a brass medium that goes through there. There's house on one side and house on the other side. And on the medium says, keep off the medium. And that's how we kind of say things. I don't want to go, I can't, we can't get to that medium or, or I, I, I don't want to go there. In our text for today, we, we see now how to find that happy medium of life. That means that even when things are at their worst, even when things that you, that you can't control, there's always some place to go. There's always somewhere to go. Father in song calls it the hiding place. I call it the happy medium. Ooh, I can just get to that happy medium. The first part of our text, verses 17 to 24, we see the comfort and confusion of life in this world and so on. Martha and Mary's brother, Lazarus, has just died, and many Judeans have come to comfort them. Jesus is not there because he has other plans for the family. They don't know. But Jesus has a plan for them. That's why I say a lot of times when we, we go through some stuff, say, just, just take a big, deep breath, just take a deep breath, because you don't know what God's plans are. Just because something is happening, and just because you're going through some trials and tribulations right now, doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. Today will end at 12 o'clock tonight, and that'll be today. A new day begins. We can't live in the past and say, woe is me, I don't know. Let me tell you something. The God whom we serve, the God who we serve is able to turn your life around in a millisecond. I didn't say a second, I said a millisecond. He is able to do that. And I suspect that he doesn't want to hear a lot of moaning and groaning or woe with me. I suspect he wants, I put my life 
identify with, I think it was 20 or 21, I think it was 20, when my mother passed. And I went to a funeral, and my two sisters were there, some of my, all my relatives were there, you know. And while I was sitting down there, my husband was saying, me and my mother were very, very close, very close. While I was sitting there, I didn't know that time, but while I was sitting there, there's this awesome feeling of peace washed over me. And at that moment, I think God was preparing me then for some things that I've never felt that kind of peace before. And actually, I was scared because I didn't know what was going on here. But I, I felt this amazing peace that come over me and it lasted for a long time. And people were asking me, well, you didn't seem to be upset about your mother's funeral. I said, well, you know, I love my mother, but, but I, I can't explain to you what happened to me. Something, and I don't know because I wasn't in the church, man, but, but something come over me, and I don't know what it was, but I felt this amazing peace that was on me. Of course, they couldn't understand it, but even good I had that time. But all I know is what happened to me. You see, God has taken me and put me in that, that happy being, in that place there, above what was going on. He put me in that place there. And I went on from there. And ever since, I believe ever since that day, that I had a sense of something, but I didn't know what it was, but I had a something was with me. And it wasn't until later that I found that it was God that was with me, that the Spirit was with me. There are more about that later. In our text, Jesus finally shows up Four days later, Lazarus is dead. And Martha says to Jesus, uh, Lazarus' sister, if you had been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. But she also says, but even now, God will give you whatever you ask of him. Amazing. Even now that, that my brother is dead, God will give you whatever you ask him. Now, can you imagine if, it, if something is going on in our lives and, and, and you know, we don't know what it is and we can't control it, and we say, well, God, I, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I really don't, and, and, and I don't like this feeling that I have, but I know that even now, even now, you can change it if you want. In other words, she was saying, I trust you, Jesus, but where you have been, why has it taken you so long to get here? Tell me something like that, you've been in situations that, where are you? I'm going through some stuff now. Where are you, God? Where are you? I, I can't see you. I'm, I'm sitting here alone and I'm where, where are you? I need you now. 
and some who are not praying. God, I, I, I like your prayers and I appreciate your prayers, but I need someone right now. I'm going through some stuff right now. Martha is in a state of confusion. She's not lacking faith, but she just doesn't understand why. She doesn't understand why. Why is it taking you? Why is it taking so long to get here? If you come earlier, you would have saved my brother from dying. She doesn't understand why. And that's a lot of us like that. We don't understand why God doesn't come when we call him. Why does he come when he calls? When I call God last night, why does he come? I'm going through this mental and physical problem and I'm praying to God and I can't feel him. He's not here. I can't feel him. I don't know where he's at. I'm God whom we serve knows exactly what you're going through. There's nothing that he doesn't know. He will not put more on you than you can stand. You may not feel like you can take it, but believe me, you can take it. Why? Because God is with you. That's why you can take it. God is there, right there with you. He says, I know you're going through some things, but if you just hold on, I'm trying to do something here for you. You don't understand it now. Lay it down the road.
I just don't understand why, which brings me back to my childhood days when my father passed when I was 14. I was so angry at God like raised my fist to God like that did. Stupidity. I didn't know that God was working with me. Even then, God was working with me. Even then. I didn't understand. I was confused. I, I didn't understand why this happened. Why, why did I have to lose my father? Why, why did this happen to me? I didn't understand that. You see, there are going to be times when we don't understand why things are happening to us. These times of confusion, but we must not let these times take over our lives. And the same goes for the times when we are in the comfort zone. We must not get so comfortable that we think these times of comfort will last forever because they won't. Something will come into our lives sooner or later that will disrupt us some kind of way. Consider David, who was in his comfort zone when he had his affair with Bathsheba, and when he fell in the zone of confusion, but he found his happy medium when he repented in the 51st Psalm. Or consider Ruth, the great-great-grandmother of David, who was in the zone of confusion while she was living in the country of Moab. But she found her happy medium when she allowed her mother-in-law, Naomi, to take her back to Israel with her. Now this, this happy medium where God is, places us is between our comfort zone and between our confusion zone. So we neither get too high nor we get too low. We just live by our faith. The scripture says the just shall live by their faith. When things are going wrong, I have faith in my, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When things are not You still might take a medicine, but you still have peace. 
Things might not be going right that day, but you still have peace with God. And now Jesus is about to put Martha in that happy medium. <laughs> we have been talking about it, not only her, but some of us too. Jesus answered Martha after this, after she said, I know that he, her brother Lazarus, will rise on the last day. And it seemed like Jesus was, well, let me tell you something, Martha. Uh, let me show you uh, uh, how wrong you are. He didn't say any of that. He breaks up and he says these verses in this hymn, verses 25 to 27. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live, even though they die, and those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she answered. I do believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And that's the, the, the answer that Jesus gave. I am the resurrection and the life. Just let me sit in. And I can hear somebody saying, I do want to live in that happy medium, but these words of Jesus are some hard words. I don't understand those words. The resurrection of life. Live here though I die. What are you talking about, Pastor? <laughs> but these words of Jesus are hard. When he says, those who believe in me will live even though they die, and those who live and believe in me will never die. These words may be hard, but they are true. And please permit me to show you. First, let's consider Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 16. You might want to write these down. And these verses tell us, so then, my friends, we have an obligation, but it is not to live as our human nature wants us to. For if you live according to your human nature, you are born to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death your sinful actions, you will live. Those who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. Did you get that? I just want to say it again for clarification. Those who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. Now watch. Please pay attention. For the Spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the Spirit makes you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father. God's Spirit joins Himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. Father, my Father, who are in heaven. And the text tells us that when we cry out to God, that God's Spirit 
joins himself to our spirits and we become God's children forever. So God's spirit joins himself to our spirits. That means that even though I die, I still live because God's spirit is joined to my spirit. The body may be wasted away, but the spirit is renewed day by day. I live no matter what happens to this body, I still live because God's spirit has joined himself to my spirit. And God's spirit is an eternal spirit. Come on, somebody. Somebody knows what I'm talking about here. Let me show you how all of this works. Consider the criminals on the cross in Luke chapter 23, verses 29 through 43. One of them is in a state of confusion. He is probably wondering, how did I end up dying on this cross like this? As he goes over all the wrong decisions he made in his life. But even now, while dying on the cross, he can still reach that happy medium. And the one who can make it happen is only a few feet from him.
This criminal who has been wrong all his life has never been to a Bible study in his life. Who's done all these wrong? He just said, I don't, I'm not asking any favors of you. I just want you just to remember me. And Jesus said, I'll do more than that. But I'm going to promise you today that you're going to be in paradise with me today.
Now, I don't know about you, but when things come my life, I'm going to be like the, the criminal on the cross. Remember me, Jesus. Just remember me while I'm going through this stuff that I'm going through. Remember me when the pain gets so bad that I can't stand it. Remember me. Let me see your glory. Open up the paradise for me, Jesus. And then immediately we come to realize that if we believe in Jesus, even though we die, yet shall we live. And if we live believing in him, we will never die. I believe this is why every day of Jesus is a happy day. Every day is a happy day. Yes, there are things that are going on in our lives and some days might seem bad, but it's a happy day because we have a relationship with Jesus. It's a happy day because God's spirit is doing to my spirit. It's a happy day. Even though the sun doesn't shine, I know the sun is out there. I don't know about you, but I'm going to paradise. I'm going to remember Jesus. Jesus is my life. He's my everything. I trust in him. I live by faith. I don't live by food. I don't live by anything. I live by my faith in Jesus Christ. He's my everything. And so I come, I praise him today. And I worship him today. And I glorify him today. I need my compassion for everything. And I praise him. That's why when I sound out, I say, God is. I said, God is. God is my everything. And it's a happy day. It's a happy day. And I thank God for what he's done in our lives. And so I tell you, find that happy meeting in your life. Stop complaining every time something happens in your life. And remember that God is there right beside you. Remember that God is there. Even if the days are dark sometimes, remember that there's always some light. There's always light there. You just have to find it. God will not leave us. He will not leave us. That's why we pray for those people. We pray for those who don't know God. We pray for those who don't have a relationship with Him. But as for me, I remember Him. I'm going to remember. I want Jesus to remember me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care what people say. I don't care what kings say, presidents say, queens say. I don't care what people who, who are, are, are mayors or whatever position they have. I don't care what they say. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. And I don't care how bad it gets. I'm going to trust in Jesus because I know that sooner or later, he's going to bring me out. And so I praise him today. I praise my Jehovah today. I glorify him today. I magnify.
We thank you, Father, for all the tragedies that have happened in our families, Father. You were there to put us in the happy with you. We thank you, Father, that, that our children are doing well. We, we thank you, Father, that, that we have food on the table. We thank you that the roof over our heads. We, we thank you that we have reasonable health. We, we just thank you, Father. We come today to glorify you. We don't come to to make a spectacle of it. We come to say thank you. We come to say thank you for what you're doing. And we don't even realize what is waiting for us. We don't realize that in that other realm, in that other realm, and in that paradise that Jesus was talking about, it's off the charts, but we don't have the mentality to even think about that. But we just come today to thank you for all that you've done. Not only that, but what you're going to do in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Oh, I wish I had another word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We raise our hands to you today, Father. We raise our hands to you today. We ask for God that you would give us another mindset. That you would help us with our attitude sometimes, Father. Help us to realize that it's not about us, it's about you. Help us to surrender ourselves. Help us to surrender. And now, Father, to you, and only to you, be the glory forever and ever and ever. It is in the name of our precious Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that we say thank you.